0: 61. This is SRN News, W262 CP, Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. <laughs>
1: If you're going to be kind as God is kind, you have to think of creative and practical ways to minister to people. You need to meet people's needs in some very tangible, specific ways. We don't just talk about mercy. We don't just preach about it. We want to do something about it, and we're to do something in very tangible ways, even if they are people who are our enemies. This is grace.
2: God's grace is practical. Our grace should be practical as well. We will consider today on verse by verse just how we can go about tangibly expressing the same grace God has lavished on us to some of the people around us. We are delighted to have you in class with us today. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is giving us a detailed series of lessons from the life of King David, the greatest king in the history of Israel. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida where he has been serving for over 27 years. Today we will be concluding a three-part message about the kindness of God. David had just done something completely amazing for that period of history. Rather than wipe out the descendants of the previous king, King Saul, he chose to be gracious to them, especially to the most lowly of those descendants, Mephibosheth. What a great illustration of the way we ought to demonstrate grace, especially to those who are in no position to return the favor. Our main text is 2 Samuel chapter 9, but be ready to turn for a while to chapter 1 of Mark. Now, here's Pastor
1: Steve. Let me show you what I mean. For example, when Jesus walked on this planet, much of his ministry was directed towards who? People who were poor, people who were lame, people who were blind, people who had illnesses, people who were demon-possessed. And what did he do for them? He healed them. He healed them compassion he was never too busy to be compassionate he actually touched lepers he expressed tenderness he always had time for the outcast Jesus was so compassionate that many of his healings were done when on the sabbath and the pharisees those those absolute hypocrites kept criticizing him for healing on the sabbath and Jesus refused to change he never broke the sabbath by the way that was never God's intention that you couldn't heal on the sabbath That's that's ludicrous. But you know why he healed on the Sabbath? Because when he came in contact with human misery, he didn't want another day to go by in which that person would would remain in that miserable state. And so he healed them regardless of the fact that the Pharisees, once they saw this, said, we've got to kill this guy. Can't have someone doing that and leading the people. But there's some specific portions of Scripture that that tell us how merciful Jesus really is. In um, Mark chapter 1, you don't need to turn there. Let me just read it to you. Verse 40, it says, for example, and a leper came up to him, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him, saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now did Jesus say, beat it. I'm teaching. What are you doing here? Don't get too close. We might get it. But no, it says verse 41 and moved with compassion. He stretched out his hand. Nobody touched a leper. Nobody touched the leper, but Jesus did. And he touched him and said to him, I'm willing Be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Probably the first time in years that anybody has ever put a physical hand on that man. Amazing. Chapter 1. Same chapter, verse 32. And when evening had come after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and all those who were demon-possessed. The whole city had gathered at the door, and he healed many who were ill with various diseases. He cast out many demons, and he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. This had been, if you follow Mark 1, this had been a very busy day in the life of our Lord. He he must have been tired. It started with the Sabbath um, uh, time in the synagogue, and it must have been a very tiring day. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. And then now, when he wants to rest at night and he's tired, the whole city comes. Now, granted, it wasn't a big city. When the Bible says city, it was was small villages around the Sea of Galilee. But there had to be a lot of people who came to him and he must have been, he he must have been very tired and yet he did not turn any away. Why? Because he was compassionate. This is the heart of God. And you know what? Let me tell you this, that that um, many of you may think, well, you know, we know the theology of the Old Testament, that was his, his miracles were one way that he fulfilled prophecy that the people would know that he was the Messiah. And that's true. Remember when John the Baptist was in prison, he sent somebody to, to ask, are you the Messiah or is someone else coming? Jesus said, you go tell John, the blind receive their sight, the lame are walking, the poor are ministered to. What was he saying? He was saying, I'm the fulfillment of the Old Testament because the Old Testament said when Messiah comes, that's what you'll see. But I don't think we should ever think that Jesus just did miracles to fulfill Old Testament prophecy. He did miracles because that was the heart of God in compassion. He could have done miracles of nature. He could have done, he could have have moved mountains. He could have had trees uprooted. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. Instead, he healed people because he was compassionate. So to whom are we to express kindness? To those who have specific needs, to those who are hurting, whether it be physical or emotional pain like Mephibosheth. But the recipients of kindness are also to have another quality beyond these. And uh, we are to minister and be kind to people who can't repay us. You may wonder, where did you get that? I got it from Luke chapter 14. So let's turn there. Jesus said it. Luke chapter 14, verse 12. This is a great great passage of scripture, and you ought, to, you ought to be very familiar with this. I've hardly heard anybody ever speak on this, but it's, it's in the Bible and uh, we need to obey it. Luke 14, it's one of the, the basis for our able ministry. Luke 14 verse 12. And he also went on to say to the one who had invited him, that is he invited him to For a meal, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and repayment come to you. But when you give a reception, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed since they do not have the means to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Wow. Wow. I never saw that in scripture. Well, underline it. Or mark it down. This just puts kindness in a whole different category, doesn't it? Special category of being so unselfish. Because some of us are nice to people because we hope they'll be nice back to us. What Jesus said is, be nice to people who can't be back, who can't return your kindness to you. That's a that's a great thing. This this is why it's so wonderful to have an able ministry at Lakeside. And you ought to be very much aware of that and involved in that. Have you ever had one of those folks over to your home? Now, they'll eat a lot, I want to tell you. They eat a lot. But that's great. That's great. Some of them will eat a lot. But it's wonderful because it's an opportunity to be kind to people who cannot invite you back to their place. They, they can not do anything for you except give you the satisfaction that you've ministered to them. That's a tremendous truth. And, and he's not talking just about people, uh, the able ministry, just anybody who's hurting. Anybody's hurting. You do it because there's nothing in it for you. Isn't that refreshing? Because we are so self-centered and such connivers and such schemers that we'd really like something in return. But they can't give you anything back in return. They may not even, and a lot of people may not even say thank you. Not just the able ministry, There's a lot of people. They may not even say thank you. They They might not even say, hey, this is good food. Thank you for going to all the trouble. They may not do that. You don't do it to get anything in return. So just like King David, our kindness should be directed at those who have hurts and pains and problems and needs. But specifically, what can we do? What can we do? Where can we bring it down to a level that we can get a handle on and say, well, what do I do now? Well, what have we seen? We've seen that God's kindness has pure motives. That is the love of Christ constrains us. It has a particular recipient hurting people who can't do anything for you. You just minister to them. Better to give than to receive. But God's kindness has one more quality, and that it has a practical graciousness about it. Practical graciousness, practical grace. Notice verses 7 through 13. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show kindness to you for the sake of your father, Jonathan, and I'll restore to you all the land of your grandfather, Saul, and you shall eat at my table regularly. Again, he prostrated himself, and said, what is your servant that you should regard a dead dog like me? Then the king called Saul's servant Ziba and said to him, all that belonged to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall cultivate the land for him and you shall bring in the produce so that your master's grandson may have food. Nevertheless, Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall eat at my table regularly. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord, the king commands his servants. So your servant will do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table as one of the king's sons. Now in verse 12, it, it skips ahead to years later because it speaks of a son. He didn't have a son at, uh, at 12 or 13. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was uh, Micah. And all who lived in the house of Ziba were servants to Mephibosheth. It just says It's saying that it just continued like this. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem for he ate at the king's table regularly. Now he was lame in both feet. Now the thing that strikes me about these verses, maybe you might not pick up on it, just reading it one time, but the thing that strikes me is that David's kindness is expressed in such a gracious way to someone who was so undeserving. Four times in these verses we read that David uh, had Mephibosheth eat at his table. Four times, verse 7, the end, uh, verse 10, Verse 11 and verse 13. Four times. Now, when the Holy Spirit says something four times in just a few verses, you know that He wants to impact our lives. You know that's the message. We're to get it. That's the point. That's the truth. And the truth here about mercy means that we're to be practical. We're to be specific. And, and we're to do things for people who don't deserve them. He said, I'm a dead dog. David said, well, dead, a dead dog or not, you're going to eat at my table. You're not having the crumbs that fall like dogs. You're sitting with my sons. I'm taking you in like a son. Now, this is his enemy's grandson. True, it's his friend's son, but uh, this was this was not normal. Four times you're eating at my table. I'm treating you like one of the boys. David's kindness is that he's treating like his own flesh and blood, this, this Mephibosheth, eating at the king's table. This was pure grace, practical grace. God's grace is practical. God didn't just speak about grace. He demonstrates it in very practical ways. If you're going to be kind as God is kind, you have to think of creative and practical ways to minister to people. You need to meet people's needs in some very tangible, specific ways. We don't just talk about mercy. We don't just preach about it. We want to do something about it. And we're to do something in very tangible ways, even if they are people who are our enemies. This is grace. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew 5, we're to love our enemies, love those who persecute you, love those who don't treat you well. Paul said in in Romans chapter 12, I read this to you. This is great. This is about an enemy. This is grace. This is what we're to do. Romans chapter 12. We went over this a while back about vengeance, but I'll, uh, I'll repeat it in verse 20. But if your enemy is hungry, then feed him. That's practical. And if he's thirsty, then give him a drink. For in so doing, you'll heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And good means something tangible, something specific, something that you can get your hands on, you can get a, a hold of. Now, in what specific ways can you and I minister to people and be kind? Well, Jesus physically healed people, and uh, you and I can't do that. And I don't think anybody can do that. God can do that. But you and I can't do that. So since we uh, can't relieve physical distress in that way, what other ways can we relieve physical distress? There are other ways we can do it. Well, let me just float some things out to you, and this is not exhaustive. These are just some things that cross my mind. But uh, you can write these down, and you can ask God for, for uh, ways that you can put this into practice. And people, you can put this into practice, too. You could give some money to people who are in need. I mean, people who are in real need. And uh, obviously, you want to be financially responsible, so you don't just give it to anybody who claims to be in need, but somebody who's going to use it properly. Uh, you could visit someone in the hospital or at home. You don't have to be, this may be uh, revolutionary to you, but you don't have to be a pastor to do that. In fact, the Bible does not say the pastors are to visit. I think that's nice, the pastors visit, but the Bible says in James 1 that this is true religion, that you're to visit the uh, orphans and the, um, and the uh, widows in their affliction. Everybody's job is to visit, but it's a special way of showing mercy. How about bringing a meal to someone who's physically unable to uh, take care of themselves Maybe someone's just gotten out of the hospital. Maybe they're going through a grieving time. How about buying some Christmas gifts for the needy? And we just, uh, David announced that about uh, something we can do for those who are prisoners. And uh, in jail, do that for their children. How about uh, giving some clothes for Isaiah's closet or salt and light? I mean, these are some tangible ways you can do this. How about having someone over for a meal, taking somebody out for a meal who's who's lonely? You can show kindness to those who are hurting emotionally, and I guess I just mentioned that about taking somebody out for a meal who, who maybe they can afford a meal, but maybe they're just so lonely. How about some of the singles in the church, some of the widows in the church? You think they're lonely? You think they maybe would like somebody to pay some attention to them? Sure. How about college students? Invite them to your home. How about giving someone some wise advice? You think that would be a kind thing to do? In fact, I read in Proverbs 16. This is great because our our words really minister kindness. They can. They can also be very destructive. But Proverbs 16, verse 24 says this, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You want to minister kindness? Then speak something really encouraging to somebody. And you know you know what I think about this whole thing on kindness, that you and I should really be experts on kindness, on practical grace to others in expressing God's kindness. Why? Because, and listen to this, because what David did for Mephibosheth is very similar and may very well in God's um, mind be illustrative of what God has done for us. We're just like Mephibosheth. We're just like him spiritually, shameful, lame, spiritually lame. We're outcasts, outcasts of the kingdom of God. We were once enemies of God, hostile towards him. The wrath of God was upon us. We were undeserving of his kindness. In fact, we still are undeserving of his kindness. But God took us from a barren place, a barren place spiritually, a place of spiritual desolation and isolation, separated from him and he's made us his children now folks that's mercy and that's grace people who didn't deserve it in fact don't close your minds but i close with this just listen to this if you want you can close your eyes don't fall asleep you can close your eyes and just listen to this ephesians 2 1 through 9 we are spiritual mephibosheths and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God... I mean, that's, that's a great great phrase in Scripture, turning point in Scripture. But God... you can over, You can preach your whole message on this. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved and raised us up with him. You spiritual mephibosheths, raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ in order that in the ages to come, why did God do all of this? Why has he been so kind to us? Well, Because he loves us, but also in order in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. God's kindness just continues to flow. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is not only that salvation is the gift of God, it is actually that faith is the gift of God. Because as David made the, the initiative to reach out to Mephibosheth, so God made the initiative to reach out to you. You didn't, you didn't just wake up one day and said, I think I'll believe. God did it. And he gave you, and I don't understand how all this works, but he gave you the gift of faith to believe. And he also saved you not as a result of works, that no one should boast. We can't boast because we have been the recipients of mercy. So I say to you, and I say it to myself, that we ought to be able to be the kindest people on the face of the earth because we know what Mephibosheth went through because we were just like that spiritually. And we can in turn be kind to others because God has been kind to you. Now, if you have never experienced The mercy of God and salvation. Understand that you are spiritually lame. You're an outcast. You may be religious. You may be a nice person. You may even be a lot nicer than some Christians. You may treat other people a lot nicer than believers do. But you're outside. You're outside of the kingdom of God. You're a spiritual outcast. And God has done something to make you sit at his table, take of the riches of his grace, Christ has died for you, and you need to accept that gift. Just as Mephibosheth didn't say, no, I think I'm going to go back to Lodabar. Thank you, I I appreciate your offer. No, he received it. He received it. He believed David's word, and he came to his table regularly, and he ate of the food. You can come to Jesus Christ and eat of the the spiritual food and the water that he gives you, and you'll never thirst again. I invite you to do that. I invite you to come up after the service. Speak to somebody who, who will be here. And uh, right at this, the pulpit area, and they'll be happy to talk to you. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I thank you that you've been so kind to us. Kind beyond all measure. Your mercies, is, as you said in Jeremiah, and lamentations are new every morning. And Lord, we know that for all of eternity, you're going to pour out your kindness. Not, not so that we would boast, so that we would praise you, and we do praise you for that. We have been just like Mephibosheth, lame outcast, shameful, but Lord, I thank you that we're part of your family now. We're not like your family. We are your family. We've been adopted into the family of God. That's something that even Mephibosheth didn't have, and I praise you for that, Lord. You've treated us so wonderfully. Help us to treat others like that, those especially in the able ministry, but others who are also hurting, who are in need. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, I pray that you help us to be sensitive to their hurts, their pain, and to do something tangible, practical that can relieve it, not just to talk about it, but to really minister with the love of Christ. I pray that you'll draw some to yourself, that they might see their Mephibosheth type condition and come running to the the King of Kings. I pray this in Jesus' name.
2: Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Steve, for another great lesson from the life of David. G.W. Knight said that when we put in a day's work and get paid for our labor, that is wage. When we win a competition and receive a trophy, that is a prize. When we serve well and are recognized publicly, that is an award. But when a person is not capable of any of those things but still receives the wages, prizes, and awards... That is a pretty good picture of God's grace. May we be more than recipients of his grace. He wants us to be conduits of his grace. Next time on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve Kreloff will take us on another phase in the life of King David. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been faithfully preaching the word for more than 27 years. These daily radio Bible classes are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. Pastor Steve has some thoughts to share about how and why you might get involved.
1: I'm Pastor Steve Creelop with a special message about why people like you choose to support Verse by Verse with their prayers and financial gifts. It's my hope that you're encouraged in your faith and strengthened spiritually through the teaching you hear on Verse by Verse. If you've been blessed through verse by verse, please consider supporting this ministry with prayer and your financial gifts. You can call 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. Or drop us a line at P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Thank you.
2: You can learn more about Verse by Verse Ministries at our website, versebyverseradio.org. We have several valuable resources there, including audio files of today's and many previous classes available for download or online listening. That's versebyverseradio, all one word, .org. To order a CD or cassette with this entire message, excluding announcements, call us at 727 239 0306. Leave your name and a number, and we will get back to you during regular office hours. Over the past three days, we have learned from one of David's success stories. Next time on Verse by Verse, we will begin.